to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. Hey, we jumped into a new conversation last week uh, on prayer, and we're going to be taking a look at different aspects of prayer, what that looks like, how we engage with it. And last week, uh, uh, Melinda did an amazing job of kicking us off in a conversation around what is prayer and what does it look like to be in a place of prayer, uh, of praise and adoration and thanksgiving for who God is. And I, I love talking about prayer. It's, it's a bit like having a conversation about breathing, because we're all doing it all the time, and most of the time we're just unaware of it. Most of the time we don't do it intentionally. It's just something that, that flows out of us that we can't get away from. It's part of being human, is that we are in a conversation with someone or something all the time, and we're usually not aware of it until something goes wrong in life. And then we become vehemently aware that we need to pray or should be praying or are praying in some way, shape, or form. This, this last weekend, I was at a, a training, a four-day training, and right before that, uh, the, like a couple days before, I get bronchitis. And uh, this is like four days of me basically talking nonstop. And, uh, and I became like intimately aware of my breathing and what was going on, and all the phlegm, and the mocos, and everything that were there, and I was working on healing my breathing, because I was going to need that for what was coming up in the middle of that. In the same way, we oftentimes aren't aware that we are in a conversation that's going on all the time, like constantly flowing out of us, and usually it's not until something tragic happens, until our life hits, that we become aware that we are praying. See, most people in the world actually pray, and they believe in the power of prayer. The question is, what are we praying to? See, for many of us, we're in a prayer conversation with fear. And we are bowing down and, con- and in a conversation about how things aren't going to turn out and worry and anxiety and fear. And our prayer is simply to the anxiety, to the fear. For some of us, we are in a prayer around scarcity and the lack and the not enough and I'm never going to have and life isn't going to turn out the way that it should be. For others of us, we are in a conversation with our identity as to who we are and what we're capable of and what we're not capable of and all the insecurities that come along with that. And so those oftentimes dominate the conversation that we find ourselves in. So really the question this morning is not whether or not we pray. The question is who and what are we praying to? And it's funny that, that even atheists suddenly believe in the power of prayer when turbulence hits, hits on an airplane. Have you noticed that? Even people who have a hard time believing in God suddenly cry out when there's a diagnosis or when there's a tragedy or when something's coming up that they feel out of control with, that, that it just comes out of us. So the bigger question is, is our prayer actually effective based on who we're praying to and what our prayers are and how we are engaging them? See, is it moving me to become the kind of person that God dreams for me to be? Is it moving into a deeper relationship with him? Or is it moving the world around me to be the place that it was designed to be? Or is it moving me further and further and further 
from those things? Is it moving the world into a worse place or to a more chaotic place than into a more beautiful and whole place in my prayer? It's interesting because there's a lot of conversation today about prayer, but it usually sounds like this. It usually sounds like, well, I'm just putting my intentions out into the universe. That's usually our conversation about prayer today. It's, it's, the, it's the most popular conversation about prayer. Like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just putting my intentions out there. I'm tapping into the power of the universe that is all around me, and I'm letting it out there so that I might manifest whatever it is that I say that I'm committed to or want to have or I'm attempting to create. That's fine, but it's a bit like going to a really good restaurant and having an experience and walking away and just saying, that was the craziest thing. You know, there was someone that came out. I told them what I wanted, and they brought it to me. I put money down, and it just happens. I don't know how it happened. It's crazy. You just go there, and you tell them what they want you want, and it magically appears on your table. Now, that could be a way of looking at it, or you could actually recognize that there's a chef and that there's someone actually behind the doors preparing your meal. And so rather than being reliant on the waiter and the moment, you could just be like, oh, I can connect directly to the chef and inform them of what I'm needing and wanting and longing for. And then eventually you can actually learn how to cook if that was the case. See, what I love about this conversation about prayer is it bypasses all the other stuff. It bypasses the universe and our intentions and everything else, and it just goes straight to the source. And how do we actually connect to the creator of the universe in a conversation that moves us and the world around us to the place that we were designed to be and the world was designed to be? How do we actually move towards that space in life? See, focused prayer is one of the most powerful ways to engage a conversation with the, universe, a conversation with the creator of the universe going straight to the source and saying, here's what I need, here's what I long for, here's what is moving inside of me. So last week we talked about prayers of praise and prayers of thanksgiving. Today we're actually going to talk about probably the most common type of prayer. The prayer that probably most easily flows out of you. The prayer that most people are familiar with. And that is prayers of asking for what we want and need in life. Have you noticed that? It's funny because even when I was a kid, I, I, I was taught how to pray. And we got this like little hand thing with like acts. And you started with adoration and thanksgiving. And then you, you went to thanksgiving. And then you went to confession. And, and then you finally got to the place where you were supposed to ask for what you wanted and needed. And I remember as a kid, even as a high school student, college student, thinking, can we just get through these three so I can get to this? Can we just like get, yeah, like, thank you, God. You're awesome, amazing. Yes, I confess my sin. Here's what I really want from you. And so it became this formula to actually get to this part of prayer to, to, to ask him what I wanted and needed. And this looks different for each one of us, how this comes across or how's this, how this shows up. For some of us, this is just us freaking out in the middle of a crisis. For some of us, this is like, oh my gosh, things are falling apart. Things aren't going the way they should. God, I need you to show up. I need you to show up in this hospital room. I need you to show up in my finances. I need you to show up in my relationships. I need you to show up with my kids. I need you to show up with my mental, emotional health. And we cry out to God in the middle of a crisis. Nothing wrong with that. That's just often how this shows up. For some of us, this shows up like, um, I call it the Sears wish list prayers. Do you remember as a kid, you had like this the big book at Christmas where you go through and just circle all the things that you wanted, you know? I love that. Every December, I was like, there was like, I want all the things, mom, right? That thing was dog-eared dog all over. And sometimes we go to God like that. Hey, God, here's all my wishes. 
Here's all the things I want. Here's all the things I need. Let me just hand the abyss book over to you and you can have all of these things and you can give them back to me. And sometimes then we find ourselves demanding things of God. Like you will give me this or you will do this for me. And if not, then I'm out. And if you don't show up a certain way, if you don't give me what I want or need, then you must not be who you say, who you, say you are. Now, there's other ways, obviously, of asking God for the things, but I just find this is how these often show up in my life. They're usually in the moments of crisis or my wish list or my demands of God, what I want and need in the middle of this. But here's the, here's the fact. That, the fact of the matter is, is that we all have things that we want and need from God. Otherwise, he wouldn't be God. <laughs> Otherwise, we would be completely sufficient to provide those things on our own. We wouldn't actually need to pray to him in any way, shape, or form to ask these things. It's what makes him God and us, us. But have you ever wondered why we even have to ask? Like, if God was a God who was longing to give us good things, and he was a father who says, I want to take care of you, and I want to make sure that you're, you, you have everything that you need, why isn't God just like Willy Wonka? You know, why isn't he just like, here's a car and here's a paycheck? I mean, wouldn't that be a little easier in life? I mean, even, even if he just like orchestrated the thing, like, wouldn't it be nice if every Taco Tuesday he was just like, here, let me, you know, let me just do you a solid. I'll provide you the tacos, right? Here's everything you need. Or maybe there was like a paycheck Thursday and he was like, let me just give you all the money that you need. Let me refill your bank account for you. Or, or if there was like a, a, a new car November, that would be wonderful, right? And just like, oh, good. Don't worry. November's coming. God's going to take care of it, whatever it may be. Why on earth does he actually require us to ask for the things that we want and need? I mean, we would still be in awe of him, probably, right? I mean, if every Thursday your bank account was just refilled, you'd be like, wow, that's amazing. You know, if every time you, you, you needed uh, something new, it would just showed up at your doorstep, like, wow, that, that's, in, that's incredible. We, we might actually even think higher of him. We might actually think, man, this is so amazing. God provides everything that I need. He's right there. Why go through all the trouble of listening to people beg him for what we need and want? Why would he even set up the universe in such a way, especially if he already knows what we want and need? That makes things even more complicated, doesn't it? It's not like he's ignorant about the things that we want and need. It's not like when we ask him, he's, he says, oh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, I guess you do need that. Or when we come to him with a desire, it's not like he's shocked going, oh, wow, I didn't know that that was in your heart. Very cool. So the scriptures actually said that he actually knows everything that's on our heart and our mind before we even bring them to him. And so it would seem silly for him then to say, ask me for it. I already know, and I know you need it, and I actually have everything that uh, you need to have this need fulfilled. So why even ask this? See, either God is like a complete narcissist or something else is at play here. There's another intention behind God calling us to be people of prayer and that ask him for the things that we need. I remember when our boys were younger and when they were in their toddler phases. And I remember those days because we, Marla and I, would get them everything they needed. And it was Anything that they cried for in terms of their needs, it was like, you need a bottle, here you go. You need your diaper changed, here you go. You want the toy, here you go. You want the TV changed, here you go. And then as time got, went on, we would anticipate the need before they needed it to make our life easier. You know what I'm talking about, parents? So it would be like, we got up and we got the cup of juice ready because we knew the second they came out of the room, they were like, where's my juice? And we're like, it's right there. We would have the TV already on with Coco Melon or whatever, 
because we knew that was the first thing they were going to ask, and I just didn't want to get up in the morning to change the channel in that moment, right? We had their clothes set out before they were ready to go because I knew that they had to get their clothes on at some point. So it was then became our job to anticipate what they needed and provided it before they even asked. And then I distinctly remember the first morning that my oldest son Jackson came out and looked at us, made a power stance, and just said, where's my juice? Now, in that moment, I had to take a deep, deep breath because CPS was going to be called if anything else happened. But I realized in that moment, oh, the relationship needs to change right now (laughs) because I recognized in that moment that um, I was either going to be fostering entitlement in my son And I was going to be inviting him into a space where he just expected, not even expected, where he demanded of us, or I would kill him, one of those things, right? And so I figured that changing the relationship with him would be the best thing to do. See, I don't think God is interested in being in a relationship with us where he works as some like divine personal assistant, where he's not like our, our like heavenly Siri, you know, where like we just ask, like we just demand of him things. Hey, I need this. Can you go get me that coffee? Can you make sure the copies are done? Can you make sure I have the money? Can you make sure the relationships are good? Can you make sure that I have fill in the blank? I, I don't think he's interested in being in that type of relationship with us. I imagine that God is not interested in being some, like, divine personal assistant. He's certainly not interested in being a genie where he gives us infinity amount of wishes. And I imagine he's also not interested in being, like, a Santa figure where we just ask him and it shows up under a tree somewhere. I imagine that that's not what he's up to, that he's up to a much bigger game in relationship with us. And I imagine that that bigger game involves the type of relationship that he's committed to have with us and that he's inviting us into, and that he's committed to create with us here and now. And that in this asking us to ask him for the things we long and need, to come to him with our requests, to come with him with our petitions, to come with him and say, hey, Lord, I know you know this, but I'm going to let you know this is what I need or this is what I want, and to connect with him on that, that invites us into this dance with him where we are now in partnership together, where now I am coming to him humbly with what I need rather than demanding a personal assistant in the sky to give me everything I want and need. Those are two very different relationships that he is inviting us into. And see, while God knows our need, and he actually has everything he long, he, he, like we need to fulfill that in the moment, he longs for us to articulate to, uh, to him. He actually delights in us articulating it to him, to coming to him and saying, hey, I have this need. I have this desire. I have this want. I have this dream. And I I want to share this with you, to, to partner with him in creating heaven on earth, in creating the world, the life that he dreamed us up to, to be in relationship with him. And this is Jesus's invitation to us in Matthew chapter seven, starting in verse seven. He says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your 
Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. See, I'm going to ask you to consider that God is in the business of always graciously providing what we need. That that is just in his nature. That he, one of his names is Jehovah Jireh, God provider. That he cannot do anything but provide what we need in any given circumstance, in any situation, in any moment. That he is constantly providing what we need. Now, the provision doesn't always look like provision, how many of you ever had God provide, you, provide for you and later on you were like, oh, that was the provision. I thought that was a mistake or I thought that was bad, wrong, or broken, but that was actually the provision that you were providing for me in the moment. But he's always providing. He's always giving. He's always generous in these things. Every breath that we take in and exhale is a gift. Every moment that we have on this planet being with one another is such a gift that he is constantly providing what we need in any moment. And asking God, articulating for what we actually need or want in a moment, invites him into relationship with us, but it moves us into a posture of relationship with him as God the provider. Not, like, rather than expecting or demanding or, or, or proclaiming that he should, I am now in partnership with him. In saying, God, this is what I want and need, and I'm bringing this to you. And I love the language that he invites us into, to ask, to seek, to knock. That these are the verbs that he calls us to engage in this space of petition prayer. That, that these are actually relational skills. That, that in every single relationship, we are called into these things. And, and the interesting thing is, if you look at the, the, the Greek around this, it is not just to ask, seek, knock. The, the more accurate translation is keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. It's a continual request that, that is an attitude of heart that we enter into relationship with God with. So it's not just a, hey, I ask once and I should get it. I sought once and I should get it. I knocked once and it should get it. It's continually seek, continually ask, continually knock, keep engaging in the process with him. It's an invitation to stay in relationship with him. And any healthy relationship has these elements involved in them. See, oftentimes when I sit down even with a married couple who's struggling, and this applies to any friendship, one of the things I'll often ask is, hey, when was the last time you articulated what you needed? Not just expected the other person to know, like, oh, they should have ESPN. Uh, or, or, or that the other person should, should magically just know because that's what love does. How many of you ever had that thought? Like, my spouse or my friend should just know that this is what I want, right? But, but there's something in saying, hey, I am asking this need of you. I, I am vulnerably coming to you and letting you know this is what I need from you. In relationship, we are called to seek out deeper intimacy and deeper longings and deeper vision with one another, that we are called to seek out within each other the things that we need and long to create. We are called to knock on each other's hearts and invite each other into spaces, into rooms of our own hearts, into visions for our lives, that we are called to do this in every relationship. So it shouldn't be a shock that God says, hey, when you're in relationship with me, what I'd love for you to do is to ask, to seek, to knock for the things that you want and need in life. In fact, one of the ways that I know I'm in a healthy relationship with someone, one of the ways that I know that I've actually gotten to a space of depth with someone is when they make outrageous requests of me. Like when they actually feel comfortable enough to make an outrageous request of my life in some way, shape, or form. 
Like, like I'm, I'm often honored in those moments. I mean, look, on Memorial Day, I was out at the fair with my family. We were having a good day, and we had spent most of the day together, but I got a call from a good friend who said, hey, I need you right now. I need you right now. And, like, I didn't have a car, and I was out at the fair with my family and all these things. And in that moment, I just, I checked in, and I was like, I I think I need to be there for this friend right now. And so I left. I got an Uber home, and I got in my car. I met with the friend. But you know what I realized after, in that moment, I thought, oh, this, our relationship is so healthy that they would ask this of me in a moment that they knew I was busy and my life was crazy and I was a holiday and all these things. Now, here's the thing. Even if I can't fulfill the request or I say, no, not now, just the fact that that person felt comfortable enough or they felt like we were intimate enough or connected enough to make that type of request, I, I, it's just like, wow, that's awesome that they would feel so connected to me that they would make that type of request. See, there's something powerful in a relational context when we feel like, man, I can make this request of this person because it creates a level of intimacy and vulnerability and connectedness that that may have not been there before. See, God's invitation to us is to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. It's an invitation into relationship. And here's the thing. The second part of this passage is equally important to the asking, seeking, and knocking because sometimes, I don't know about you, do you ever feel like God is ambivalent to our needs? Or like like he's too busy for my needs. Anyone ever had that thought before? Like, you know, he's, he's busy managing, like, world crises and hunger and, and conflicts on earth. Like, surely he doesn't have the time to have a conversation about my finances. Or surely he's not interested in this anxiety that I'm struggling with over here when he's trying to deal with a conflict in Libya, right? And so there are times where I feel like God's ambivalent, ambivalent to my feelings or to what my needs are, to what my wants are. Like, he has, he has bigger fish to fry other than what I'm asking for over here. But notice that in this, it doesn't say beg and you will find. It doesn't say to, to, to ransack the place and you will be given to. It doesn't say pound on the door as hard as you can and it will be opened. See, if God wanted to give us good things, then it would make sense that he's just like, hey, just ask for me. Just ask me. Just keep seeking just, just keep knocking. I promise you, you will find in the middle of this. See, the metaphor that God gives us is how he relates to his children. He's like, look, if you do this, like, would a dad, when, when, when your son comes to you and says, hey, I'm hungry, are you going to give him a rock? Well, when he comes and says, hey, I, I need something of you, are you going to give them something poisonous like a snake? No, you're going to give them good things. I can tell you, my son Colin can come to me and put on the face, and when he puts on that face and asks what he wants for, it's like whatever he, whatever he wants. I'm so glad I don't have girls because that would be just, my, my finances would be a mess because already with call it, Dad, can we get a donut this morning? And I'm like, well, I got three very important meetings, but let's go real fast, you know? <laughs> Or, hey, I really, I, there's this toy that I've been longing for, and it's so hard, you know? Because when he asks in that space of just like, I really long for this, I want this so much, it, it takes a lot inside of me to say no in those moments. See, 
what I imagine that God does is he just delights, like I delight when Colin comes to me and asks for what he wants. That God just delights in that and says, I imagine there's, there's this part of God that's like, yes, I love that we get to be in this type of relationship where you come to me with your deepest longings. And when we pray, how many of you recognize that it's, it's easier to believe that things can change within us than God can change things externally around us? See, I'm pretty confident that God can change me. And I actually imagine that's a big part of prayer, that God, when we come to him, that he does transform us. I'm less confident that God actually wants to give me good things. I'm less confident that when I seek, God's actually going to provide what I need. I'm less confident that when I knock, the doors that need to be opened are going to be opened relationally, circumstantially around me. But this is what God invites us into, is recognizing that he's longing to change you, But he is actually interested in giving you the things that you need and even some of the things that you want in life. Now, here's where this gets sticky and tricky because some pastors will use this to say, just keep asking and it'll give you everything you want. You want that Mercedes? Just keep knocking. All right, you know? You you need that $100,000 in your bank account? Just keep asking for it. I mean, just get up every day, 5 a.m., send me $200, and you will have it, right? And... People have been uh, hurt and let down and have abandoned the faith over that conversation. So we know that this isn't like 100% true, or it may not be 100% true, that if we are to ask, seek, knock, then we will find, then we will be given, that the doors will open to you. How can both of those exist in the same place? Well, see, Jesus later on, he, he says this to us in John 14, 12 through 14. He says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, which is kind of a crazy verse, right? I mean, Jesus raised people from the dead, and Jesus is like, hey, if you believe in me, you're going to do even greater things than this. And then he says, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified by the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, we love the ask for anything, and I will do it. Love that part. We're like, awesome. We love the, like, the ask for anything, and it will be given to you part. We're like, sign me up for that. That version of Christianity, that version of faith, I will take it. I will believe in it. I will name it and claim it. I will blab it and grab it. I will do it all, whatever I need, Right? We love that space, but what we oftentimes miss out on is this very important phrase, which we sang today in our time of worship together, is this phrase, in my name. That that is the context in which we are called to pray. And so these are not just like magic incantations. So it's not like, oh, I forgot to pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I ask for a Mercedes, right? <laughs> so, so it's not like you just add those onto anything else. And like, I said the magic words, right? I, I said, you know, Alohomora, and the doors opened. I, like, it's not like that, right? <laughs> it's not like I said in Jesus' name, and now I get whatever I want. I said in Jesus' name, and the doors all magically open. See, what this is actually saying is that when you ask in the will and the heart of Jesus, then anything can happen as long as it is in alignment with this. See, because if someone came to you and they were like, hey, Nathan's coming over to your house for dinner and I'm his representative and in his name he would like lima beans for dinner, you can just know that that is not happening. 
You can just know that that's not for me because I hate lima beans and I would never ask for those things. That is out of alignment with my taste buds, right? So I don't care how much you ask for them at my house, long for them at my house, not happening because I am not up for that in my life, in my existence, anywhere, shape or form. See, uh, you could just instantly know that that's not happening. See, when we pray in the name of Jesus, it means that we are praying in alignment with his character and his purposes, So when we pray, it's not just a, I am praying in his name, but it is also a discovery space of going, what is in alignment with the heart and the will of Jesus? What is in his alignment? See, see, what, what Jesus does is he says, look, I'm giving you access directly to the Father. That's what he says in this passage. He says, when you pray in my name, I am like, you get to bypass all the middlemen. You don't need anything else. You just get to go straight to the Father. And he will... Go to the Father and say, hey, this is what Nathan's praying for. This is what he's longing for. This is what he needs. But when we pray in Jesus' name, what we're saying is, hey, I also want to be in alignment with what your will is, with what your character is, with what your heart is. So we are praying his heart, his character, and his longing. So when we use our will to say yes to God's will, not just, hey, this is what I want, this is what I need, but in other words, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When those align with one another, that's when miracles are released. Because now I am proclaiming what it is that God longs for, what it is that is in his heart, what it is that is in his purposes, what it is that he longs to breathe, bring here on earth. When we are alignment with him, that is the goal. Because here's the thing, when we are aligned with his heart, with his will, with his purpose, and I begin praying those things, that's when God's like, now I can open the floodgates. Everything that you need and even all the things that you want that are in alignment with this, those are the good things. Those will actually bring you goodness. Those will actually bring you to a place of wholeness and restoration. We're going to talk about this in two weeks, but could you imagine what the world would look like if we got everything we asked for? It would be a horrifying place. I mean, not only would the world be horrified, but most of us would be in incredibly destructive places if God was just like, whatever you want, have at it. See, what God is saying is, would you be willing to come into alignment with me so that when you know my heart, when you know my will, when you can discern what I'm up to, when you ask, everything will be released. I I can pour out into that. And so we are, we are in alignment with him. See, part of this, if you're going to put training wheels onto this asking in God's will, one of the most powerful things that you can start doing is praying his promises. Because those things in the scriptures, you already know what he's said yes to. You already know what he's aligned with. You already know what he's told you. And so when you start praying his promises, you already automatically know, oh, I'm actually in alignment with God here. I'm in alignment with what he longs for. I'm in alignment with, like, God is never, when you ask him for the power to forgive someone, he's never going to say, that's out of my will, sorry. What I really long for is for you to be bitter at that person. You can just, no, oh no, he's going to actually give me the power to do that. When you're in a space of scarcity and you're like, hey God, give me a heart of generosity and show me what that looks like, he will then go, great, let me align with you because he is always a God of generosity. There are certain places that you can just pray because you know are in his will and there's other places where you get to discover What is his heart? What is his will? What is his character in that? But what happens when we pray and he doesn't respond? Or it seems like he doesn't respond? See, that's probably an indicator that that we may be missing some part of his will somewhere. 
that we may be missing a part of the larger conversation. And we're actually, like I said, we're actually going to spend an entire Sunday on unanswered prayer and how we relate to a God who calls us to ask, seek, knock, and then doesn't seem to always provide or open the doors or give, and the perception of what that creates inside of us. But if we were to look at this as a metaphor, when we ask God of things, we could use a street light, yes, with a green light, a yellow light, and a red light. There are times when God just says, go. We're clear, we're in alignment with him, and when we ask, it seems like the floodgates of heaven open. It seems like, man, I prayed for this miracle and it happened. I asked for this thing to happen and it immediately took place. I asked for peace and I was flooded with peace. So, so those are places where it's like God's a go, God's green in the middle of that. But there are times that we get yellow lights. And I don't know what's more annoying, a red light or a yellow light for me. But, but, but yellow lights sometimes show up in our petition of God, which usually looks like, hey, slow things down for a minute there, bucko. Or, hey, not right now. This isn't the time. This is not in my will, at least right now, for this space. Or sometimes he'll say, let's, let's shift this a bit so that this actually gets back into alignment with what I'm up to. As a parent, I know that timing is everything. Recently, we, just, we, were, having struggle, we were having some struggles with our kids eating their dinner. And I know most five-year-old boys don't like to sit down and eat dinner, but we were having extra difficulty with this. And so Marla and I just started examining what was happening, and we realized that we were so excited that we had given our kids, like, free range of the snacks because they were old enough to just go get a snack when they needed to. And what we realized is that they were going to get a snack, like, at 4.30. So that by the time we got to dinner at 5.36, they were full. And so we had to put a, hey, hold on, oh, whoa, 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 no, 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 no snacks at 4.30, we're going to eat in just a minute. And sure enough, when we got to the dinner table, they were hungry, right? But I remember the first few times where we told them, hold off, they were so angry with us. Like we had just revoked their autonomy that we had just bestowed on them. Like, you, you just told us we could get snacks whenever we wanted, and now you're telling me no? Like, who are you over there? <laughs> And there are, there's timing for everything. We, we know, like, okay, we've had too much screen time, kids. We're off the iPads because your brain's turning to mush. We know it's time to go outside. I don't want to do that, but it's time to, I promise you. It's, there's a timing to the universe that God has and even his will and his plans. And sometimes there are moments where God is longing to slow us down or speed us up or put a pause on something because there's something bigger that's coming or something more important that he's longing to bring into us. And so in these moments, it's important to go, God, what is the timing when we get the wait or the pause or the shift? We live in a culture where we expect everything to happen right now. Like if I pray, it should happen immediately or it's not a miracle. But I know people who have knocked on doors and sought after God and asked for 20, 30 years. And the answer came when they least expected it, but when God exactly needed it to happen. And I just think about those faithful people. Had they given up seeking or they had they given up knocking or they had, had they given up the, the pursuit of asking God, I just wonder what would have happened because God honors our faithfulness even in those moments. And so when God says wait or hold on or not right now, it's those moments where we get to pause and go, all right, God is making everything beautiful in his time. And so what's, what's needed right now is faithfulness. 
even when it doesn't feel good or doesn't look good. And then there are, of course, those red lights where God just says, no, this is not going to be in my will. This is not in my purposes for you or them. And those can be incredibly painful. Again, we're going to spend a whole week on this, but it's in those moments where it's so critical to hold on to the heart and the love of God and to just know that because a father says no does not mean that he's saying, I don't love you or that he's not saying that, that I don't care or that my plan is not good for you anymore. That those painful experiences can be a moment where God reveals himself in such a new way to us where we just stay in it and believe that all things do get redeemed and that all things do get turned out. If it's not good, then we know that it's not over. And so we get to look for where God is in the middle of all of that. So, so how do we do this? I want to give us some very practical steps as we wrap up here. One is invite others into your petitions with you. How many of you are just like alone asking God for all this stuff? Just begging, seeking, knocking. And we rarely invite others into this. In Matthew 18 and 19 through 20, it says, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two are gathered again in my name, there I am with them. See, this actually requires a level of vulnerability. Of coming to another human being and say, hey, I'm in need would you join me in praying for this thing that I long for? See, I'm going to ask you to consider that even in the act of inviting other people into it, it releases power. That it releases God to move in a new way. Because I believe that everything that God does, he longs to do in the context of community. I don't think there's anything that God does outside of the context of community. In fact, even this week, I was, I was struggling with some thoughts around my own leadership and what was needed and, and how to move forward. And I called a very trusted friend and I just said, hey, could we enter into like a, a three-month journey together processing some of these things? And they were like, yes, absolutely. That would be an honor and that would be a privilege. And we're not even starting till July in this conversation. But even just the act of making the phone call and inviting someone else in, I just felt like <sighs> there was like a massive relief of just saying there's someone else with me. The other beautiful thing about this, how many of you ever struggle discerning what God's will is? Like you're like, I think this is God's will. I don't know. It might be. See, the beautiful thing about inviting other people into this space with you is that it gives extra voices into discerning God's will. Because I might have this fantasy idea around God, what God's will is and three other people are like, no, you're way off, Nathan. <laughs> Or they may come and go, no, you're, you're right on. I think this is where. Or they may be like, hey, let's steer it over here. It's in the counsel of many that we find wisdom and that we're able to actually move forward in that. Here's the other thing is that pray big, massive, bold, earth-shaking, faith-altering prayers, but then pray incrementally. See, sometimes we're like, God, would you just take away this diagnosis? Would you just fix my entire financial situation? Would you take this lifelong struggle that I've had and would just take it all away? And we love those miracle moments. But oftentimes what is more resourceful is to say, hey God, I know today is gonna be a struggle, so would you just be with me in this moment? God, in the next hour, would you give me your spirit to make healthy decisions? God, in this conversation that I'm about to go into, would you just release love for this person? Rather than, God, would you do the big miracle? Pray those prayers. But then think, what's the next step 
that I can pray through? What's the next thing that I can say, God, would you show up in this space for me? It doesn't mean you are avoiding the massive requests or have less faith. Sometimes when you're walking through healing or finances or circumstances, it's just like, God, would you give me the courage not to buy another Starbucks today? <laughs> God, would you give me the peace to walk into my house and not yell at my kids just for the next hour? Those are just as miraculous as the massive, massive miracles that God does. And then finally, pray consistently that you would just be continually knocking, continually asking, continually seeking. Just make it a discipline that is a part of your day. Just like hopefully you take a shower every day or you put on deodorant every day or you brush your teeth every day. That this would just be like a, hey God, I am in a conversation with you about what I'm longing and needing and asking for and so that it would be a consistent. The scriptures say do not grow weary in doing good in asking and seeking and being in relationship with God but be in it consistently. Would you mind just standing with me for a moment as we wrap up our time here? I want to, in our closing here, I just want to lead us into a time of prayer together. And what I'd like for you to do is just close your eyes right where you're at. And I want you to think of a request that you have of God for you. Not necessarily for your cousin or your kids or someone else. And if it, is, if it does involve someone else, that just allow it to connect to you. So if you're praying about your kids, maybe it's like, hey, God, would you give me peace with my kids? Or if it's about your finances, or if it's about, you know, someone else's situation or circumstance, have them be in that. But would you just think through that? And I want you to, right now, just allow yourself to bring that to mind, to bring that to heart. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to, to speak that out to God. We're just going to play some light background music, some, some piano music. And I just want you to allow yourself to feel faith rising up in you. That you'd be willing to ask God for the things that you need. That, that maybe that requires a step of vulnerability. Maybe you're, maybe you're even afraid to ask because you're like, I don't want to be let down. I don't want to be betrayed. I don't want to be left without, God will not leave you without. Even if he says no, he will give you something even better. But he's inviting you into a relationship where you're relying on him. And right now, just in your mind, I'd love you just to pray a prayer to him, just asking for that thing. In the name of Jesus. So, Jesus, if it's in your will, would you grant me courage, the peace, the wisdom. Would you just right where you're at, ask him for what you need. Ask him for what you want. And let's just start with the big one. Just start with the big, big, big picture. God, would you bring me peace over my anxiety that I've been struggling with for years? Would you give me the wisdom to engage my finances that are a complete mess? Would you give me the hope to step into my career that feels like a mess? Would you give me the, uh, the, the, the patience to engage my kids this week? Would you give me, would you give me foresight and, and joy in my marriage? Whatever it looks like for you, just make the big request right now of God. Be vulnerable, allow yourself to extend the faith to him. He says to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. 
And as you ask right now, I just want you to think, what's the next step? Maybe it's something today that you're going to be engaging this week around this. Like I said earlier, maybe you're just like, God, would you give me the strength to not make that stupid decision today? Would you give me the peace as I go into my home or my workplace this week? Would you give me the the courage to step into a new way of relating to this situation, this circumstance, this person, and just ask him for the first next step that he would be with you in that. That he would show up in power. That, That he would open your eyes even to his faithfulness in the little things. And that one little thing after a next leads into a life of miraculous openings. And I, I, as you close out this time, I just, would you just ask him to align your will with his? This is the, this is the act of praying in Jesus' name. Jesus, would you reveal to us your will? Would you reveal to us your purposes? Would you reveal to us your character, your heart in these situations, in these circumstances? that we might be able to pray in alignment with you, that we might be able to ask in alignment with you, that we might be able to knock on the doors that you have called us to knock on and leave the other doors alone. And so, Jesus, we thank you that you are the God who provides. You are Jehovah Jireh. God, would you align our hearts and our minds with your will, God, and would you give us the courage and the wisdom and the peace to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking? And would you prove yourself to be faithful, God? I pray for our community here that as we go out this week, that we would have the, uh, the, just the resilience to keep asking, to keep knocking, to keep seeking, God. Would we not grow weary in doing good, but would we see this through to the end? God, that the world around us would look at our lives and live in just a marvel of your faithfulness. And even if, they don't, even if we don't see the results right away or if you don't show up in the way we want to, that people would marvel in our faithfulness, God that people would just be in awe of our willingness to keep going even when life doesn't show up the way we want it to or think it should, even when you show up like a disobedient God to our requests. God, would you find us faithful? We thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We love you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.